his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. In a few minutes, we're going to dig into some Hartford stuff. The stadium yard goats. Do the yard goats pay a lot of money? Dunkin' Donuts Park. To play in the park? We're going to talk to... It is to, a nice stadium. It's probably not worth the money, though. Well, the question is, what's the return on investment? And and what's the intent when politicians spend tax dollars to help teams get a start? Or more than that, to subsidize the teams permanently? Are they doing that because it's great for taxpayers, or are they doing it because it's great for them? Because it makes them look like they're making stuff happen and that the city is exciting. And, you know, they're complicated issues. Maybe it is good for the city in some ways, but do taxpayers get to make a decision with full information and an understanding of what's going on? Or does the mayor maybe force the thing through without people understanding what's going on when they're opposed to it? We'll talk to Ann Gush Diggian about that coming up. And then in the last half of this last hour of today's show, Tom Scott will be here. We'll talk about the Trump raid and all that stuff. All this is Everett that from East stuff. Harford. Yes, Everett. Um, today's Tuesday. Um, I don't see a lot of turnout today, um, which is very sad. People want to change, but they don't want to change their personal life. We all have to take steps get involved so we actually can nominate good people so that when elections come we're not picking the lesser of the two evils we the people are supposed to tell our representatives what we want and they're supposed to tell the higher ups they're not supposed to tell us so if you need and want to change you have to take upon yourself to get involved yeah, I think that's right. I, I think we're always going to be voting for the lesser of two evils because that's the nature of electoral politics. You know, it's not necessarily the best and the brightest to slip into these jobs. But we want to have them understand what we want, and we've got to hold their feet to the fire. 860 522 
It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. The question for this segment, did taxpayers in Hartford, maybe the state, get taken for a ride in order to get a minor league baseball team into the city of Hartford? And gosh, Diggian is here. She's a writer with the Hartford News. A longtime writer, I should say. Not because I'm looking to implicate you on your age, and but looking to reward you for your experience. Oh, thank you very much, Todd. I'm glad to still be alive and kicking at this age. <laughs> and kicking being the key part. So talk yep. to us a little bit about the Yard Goats and, and Dunkin' Donuts Park and the whole progression of events that led to the kind of uh, disastrous moment for taxpayers that we're in right now. Uh, it's an ongoing disastrous moment that just keeps growing. This all started in 2014 in the summer when Pedro, Mayor Pedro Segarra announced that he, it was a done deal that we were going to build a state-of-the-art minor league double-A baseball stadium in Hartford for what had been the New Britain Rockcats uh, they didn't like the facility there anymore, and they wanted something bigger and better, and they came a call in here to Hartford. And okay, so that was the beginning of it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. There was a lot of pushback from the people of Hartford when they found out that we would it would be paid for with our tax dollars. And when it was announced as a done deal, did that include who the players were going to be in this deal? Uh, not exactly. All we knew was that the owner of the Rock Cats, a man named Josh Solomon, a very uh, wealthy owner of the team, wanted the very best. And it, it, then they were uh, affiliated with, I believe, the Red Sox. But when they moved to Hartford, uh, after a long, hassling time of development, they became a, an affiliate of the Colorado Rockies team. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, does that matter to us, or are we more interested uh, in... It kind of matters to New Englanders, because most New Englanders are either Red Sox fans, oh, yes. Yankees yes. fans, or a few Mets fans. The Rockies um, you know, were not really on people's radar. Mm -hmm. But the the more important thing is that at that time they said it would cost about fifty six million dollars to construct that stadium. In those eight years, that cost has ballooned to more than double that, and eventually the city taxpayers are going to be shelling out uh, a year at a time and running in the red at four million dollars a year, about a hundred and twenty million dollars by the time the contract is over in, I believe, well, it's a 26-year contract, so 2043, that, that sounds about right. So this was all, this whole deal was made by the former mayor, you're saying? and, and uh, The former mayor, he had some assistance, and mm -hmm. it had been going on, actually negotiations had been going on in secret for over a year before the done deal announcement was made. The public was totally taken by surprise when this announcement came out. Okay, so that was uh, 2014, you're saying? Yes, in the summer. 
okay. exactly eight years ago. All right, what else, of- what, what else? Give us an overview of this progression of events. I, I think people remember pieces, but it'd be nice for them to hear the, uh, sure. the, the finally, overall lay of the land. They finally chose a developer, and the developer's name was Center Plan, and they also added the name Dono, which stands for Downtown North, which people eventually started calling no-do, N-O-D-O, and inverting <laughs> it because of all the delays in getting the stadium built. Yeah. The city ran out of money. Uh, by the way, uh, the, going back up a little, they had a lot of pushback from the public because this was going to cost a heck of a lot of money to the taxpayers. And there was no investment from the team owner. When I say no investment, not one dollar of uh, of money you know everything. it wasn't like a partnership between the absolutely team and absolutely the... not it was the most one-sided deal in the history of hartford connecticut every demand of the team that team owner made of the city was met no matter how much it cost there was no argument by those in charge. Now, what happened with the developer? There was a falling out with the developer. There was a falling out with the developer. The developer uh, center plan is headed up by a man named Robert Landino, who I believe had been a state representative for several years also in Connecticut. But he, he, uh, he got the job. He got the nod for his group to do the job. And uh, they set to work doing it. There were meetings every month of something called the Stadium Authority. The Stadium Authority isn't something that ever existed before. It was something that was created, the brainchild of then City Council President and now lame duck State Treasurer, Sean Wooden, because it was meant to avoid having a voter referendum on whether or not the city should do this. So it was creating a third-party entity that it would... It was creating a third-party kind of a shell entity. They called it a quasi-public, quasi-private entity. And that hid, that hid the deal from the control of taxpayers. Uh, it, it hid it, and it, it totally threw away the possibility of having a voter referendum. Because okay. by having this stadium authority own it, it meant the city itself, the city of Hartford, does not own the stadium. The stadium authority, which it, has so the quasi. commissioners on it. It's owned yes, by they, the quasi, which means it, it, that taxpayers get a quasi-screwing. <laughs> or they get a very real screw-up. Uh, it's not quasi at all. It's genuine. Uh, so what happened is uh, the developer was doing okay, and it was a massive project. It, you know, it's in the, at the, what they said at the time was this development would bring the north end, because it does sit right on the verge there, just as Main Street turns into the north end, past Talcott Street. And they said it would bring the north end into alignment with downtown, and it would create great economic development. Meaning alignment, meaning that it would allow a flourishing to go on? Basically, yes. That it, it would tie that part of the north end in closely with downtown, which uh, you know is, is a much more upscale area than 
uh, you know, historically than the but North that's, End is. But that's because the city loves it and loves investment there, right? Well, they love investment, and they're very generous about the investors. They give them tax breaks and te- decades-long abatements in their taxes, plus they get a lot of really low-interest loans from the Connecticut Resources Development Authority, CRDA. So you come to Hartford knocking on the door, and you say, I want to build something, or I want to buy this property and turn this uh, old office building into upscale housing, they're right there. They lap it up. The people are not happy about it. All right. Well, let's talk more about that. What do we know? We're talking to Ash and Gosh Diggian from the Hartford News, and she's filling us in on and bringing us up to where things are at right now. Absolutely. With with the 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 park and the team and the whole deal to bring the yard goats to the city, and mm-hmm. whether that's a good deal, it sounds like in no way is it a good deal for for voters and for taxpayers. And it is a total financial loss. The city of Hartford does not profit, and that means us, the taxpayers, from the existence of the baseball stadium. Now, there's nothing against. Baseball. I love baseball myself. I've loved it since I was a little kid. But I don't like the one-sided deal that puts all the onus on the people of Hartford. So during the construction process, Todd, there were many change orders. If you know anything about construction, change orders are things that do go on when something is being built. Sure, that's normal. Uh, you realize that the plans don't make sense, or you realize you want something different than what you thought before, and that gets priced out and agreed upon and added in, right? Yes, and what Mr. Solomon wanted, as I said, was the best A minor league baseball stadium in the United States. But, said, but hang on, you're saying he was paying... How did he get this prerogative if he wasn't paying any of the cost? Um, how did he get it? Uh, let's say there were things going on that were never made public. I think there might have been a little graft involved there. But I know one thing. Uh, when he did first come to Hartford and they were kind of decide whether or not they wanted to do that, Mr. Solomon or someone in his organization told the city of Hartford, well, if you don't want to do this, Springfield, Mass. would like to do this for us. And so the city said, oh, well, you know, we're not going to let Springfield get this plum. We're going to get it. Uh, Later, shortly thereafter, (laughs) Springfield was contacted, and they said they never heard of this guy, Solomon, and he never asked them to do anything. All right. Well, it sounds like he was a good negotiator. So, so let's. We're we've only got a few minutes left, and I want to make sure, sure we we bring people up to date on where things right. are now. So, okay. the developer so got fired. The developer got fired, and the main reason they got fired was because it was not meeting the completion date. But what happened was, Todd, just within a couple of weeks before the completion date. Suddenly, change orders started coming in like comets streaking through the skies, making it impossible to finish it by that drop-dead date. It, okay. They, uh, Solomon so, wanted things that, that you know had been put in that he had ordered, and he didn't think they were good enough. He wanted them all ripped out and wanted new things brought in and installed. 
So the city fired the developer, brought in a new one. Well, Luke Bronin fired the developer, and he points to that as his, prou- as his proudest accomplishment in his seven years and seven months in office. Wow, that's Firing pretty scary. The developer had to be done. He did it, and uh, <laughs> what happened was, of course, Center Plan sued the city of Hartford, and that lawsuit went on for quite a while. And in 2019, the court decided that Hartford, yes, won, and that the center plan lost. However, just recently, center plan um, again tried to get this moving, and this time the state superior court uh, cast a five to zero vote, saying that yes, the first trial had errors in it, and it needs to happen again. So there is a new trial scheduled to start, I believe, in May next year. Now, Center well, hang plan, on. The trial is for uh, damages. Oh no, no. To- the trial. Oh no. I'm sorry. Let me uh, elaborate on that. The trial is for the uh, parcels surrounding the baseball stadium that are being developed. That for, was the only way the city would ever make any money is if housing and retail and all that kind of other stuff happened. So they want to be brought back they in. Nothing. They want to be brought back in and allowed to do that. They those want to projects. be able to do that. Right now, the first phase of that development, which is going to be on several parcels and take many years, is just about ready to open. It's called the Pennant, and it is extremely upscale housing. And by the way, it looks like a prison facility, a modern one. But uh, the apartments are definitely priced out of the range of any current Hartford residents and come mm-hmm. with amenities like a swimming pool and a bowling alley and a Himalayan salt meditation room. Well, it sounds like something Hartford's car. been calling out for for a long time, doesn't it? Uh, no, Hartford, Hartford's loaded with upscale housing right now. That are, It's unaffordable to 95% of the current residents of Hartford. All right, we it, just have a minute left. What else do you want us to know, Ann Gush? Well, Diggins? I'd like you to know that when this trial happened, that originally Center Plan was looking for $90 million in mm-hmm. damages. Uh, this time they may be looking for more. There is a possibility that this second trial will result in Center Plan's win. If that happens... The city taxpayers are going to be paying out a lot of money. It's and very second, interesting because it right off the bat, when this story broke, the assumption was that the city was going to end up on the losing side. The city is on the losing side to the tune of $4 million every year. No, I mean with the lawsuit, not, not the... Uh, well, because they, like they said, the Superior Court decided that the first trial, the error in the first trial... Yeah, I'm sorry, we can't go back over it. I was just saying, you know, that seems to be people's attitude. And, gosh, Diggian, thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week as we continue our investigation into good things happening in the city of Hartford, <laughs> in Hartford government. What are you laughing about, Mark Christopher, you know what? the, the ballpark, Lawyers Traffic Center? The ballpark and the team is a great success, uh, but yep. unfortunately the finances don't uh, benefit the, politics. the city of Hartford. The right. politics not a great success. No, and they had, you know what? 
let's be honest here. That stadium in New Britain was fine, um, but uh, they decided to, they, they wanted bigger and better, and they got it. And uh, now that the taxpayers of Hartford are, are paying on the hook. for it. Yeah. You got that right, but it is an enjoyable uh, experience going there. So, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work out as far as the finances go. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. something from the Todd Feinberg show listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast WTIC we're expecting Tom Scott coming up and let's get ourselves a little rant because we're doing the rants we are Everett from East Hart. yeah we heard that we heard Everett let's move it on to the next one hey Todd I find the timing of the uh, raid uh in Florida on Trump's residence, quite peculiar. The day before the primaries, I'm going to give Trump and his people more support now. These people running the Oval Office are dirty, dirty people. Goodbye. That is how most people are reacting, that it's causing a swing of support towards Trump from people who are leaning that way anyway, but it sort of solidifies that sensation. Hi, Todd. So in this new bill, um, supposedly these big corporations are going to get taxed 15%. Well, if if they're based in, in the United States, yeah, I can see it. But um, who's to keep them from going out of the country? If they go out of the country, do they still get taxed 15%? You know, stupidity plus. Later! Later. Thank you for that, Gladys. I think part of this, uh, part of that whole deal was they're trying to get the whole world to adopt a 15% tax and kind of crack down on those evil corporations that keep driving economic activity and creating jobs. It angers Democrats to no end how corporations can do that, but government can't.
Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, before before we go to Tom Scott, I just want to play this so you can hear it, but so can, so Tom can hear it too, because we are. I mean, this just sets the political moment, I think. Hi, Tom. It's the American Patriot. You know you'd hear from me today. It's one of the greatest days in American history. Donald Trump, Mar-a-Lago, got raided, and it's just a beautiful thing. The law and order president. <laughs> oh, you got to love that great patriot. All right, so that sets the stage for us a little bit. Tom, Scott, welcome back. It's been a long time. It has indeed, Todd, and I, and I hope that we're not um, uh, at the point now where we're going to be viewed here and around the world, at least as it relates to our Justice Department, as, as no better than the worst corrupt banana republic that one can find in the world. That's, that's these- just so unfathomable that they've put us in this situation. And, and remember how when Jim Comey did his big Hillary Clinton announcement and how, how they talked about how it was so inappropriate and, and what's going on? Well, Todd, I don't know that the FBI, as personified, at least mythically, by Elliot Ness, um, can be recuperated um, uh, at at any point soon. Now, we know at the top level, we've had a succession of partisan and corrupt leaders in the Justice Department and the FBI, and, and we like to think that it doesn't go down to the rank and file level, uh, as I think most people who know people in federal law enforcement, the FBI in particular, know that that's not the case. But but for all those liberals out there, all these pundits, all these politicians, all these uh, uh, wannabes who are smirking at the raid in Mar-a-Lago and, and, and are wishing nothing but ill will for President Trump, you know, they better be careful what they wish for, because when the Republicans take control of the House and start defunding some of these organizations, and when the Republicans take the Senate and ultimately win back the presidency someday, it is my hope, and frankly, but it's also my fear, that that we we might wind up with a partisan, hardcore uh, Attorney General Republican who goes after the left and tries to punish the left by abusing the police powers of the federal government, as we see the left doing now with their enemies. And it's not just Trump. I mean, put, you know, step aside for a minute and, and look at, uh, uh, yeah, you can go back to Russiagate and all that contrived stuff, and the FBI was complicit in that. But look at how certain parents are being treated around the country who simply want to speak up at their elected mm-hmm. board of ed meeting about what's happening to their minor children. I can give you a hundred examples, Todd. You've talked about all of them. And and people who have called your show talking about all of these examples of abuse of the police powers of the federal government. This really needs to stop. This is not the country that I want my children to inherit. And where are those honest liberals out there who came out of the free speech movement, who had bumper stickers on their cars that said, question authority? We ought to be in solidarity with them if there are any left in, in Washington today. The question authority are- crowd. It's funny you mention that because I was, I was thinking about that bumper sticker today, question authority. Everybody should do that all the time. But, but I, w- I want to just back you up to one thing, which is they raided Donald Trump's 
home yesterday, and I don't know what they think they are going to accomplish other than to make him stronger and more relevant in this moment than they ever could have imagined. Well, yeah, I, I agree, and that's the politics of this particular event. But but the but the abuse of government authority is is again bigger than Donald Trump. Obviously, this is the symbol of all that's wrong with our Justice Department and the leadership of the FBI. No question about that. But I don't want this to be. I don't want this behavior of the federal government to become normalized. I don't want us as a society, we free citizens, to become numb to this stuff. But how can that be avoided now? Isn't this just, I mean, we're already in a situation where whatever one party does when in power, the other party will come along and at least duplicate and probably up the ante when they get a chance. So if Trump is being invaded, as we saw, and he gets reelected in two years, whatever it is, uh, yeah, two years. Then uh, will the Republicans not come after the Democrats in the same way? And, and are we not in really dangerous territory? Well, this, this, this is my fear, Todd, that Republicans will do the same thing when we are in power and that it will become normal to our society, which makes us less free, by the way. And let me say on the record as a partisan Republican, I hope Republicans don't do that. And there needs to be a bipartisan movement in this country to rein in the abuse of the federal government. This is scary stuff. And it's, and it's you know, it, it, it's been incremental over the years, but now it's more than incremental. I mean, they're taking huge steps forward on a month-by-month basis in this country, and we need to put a stop to it. And the only people that can put a stop to it are we, the people, through our representatives in Congress and the U.S. Senate. How do we do that, though? Because we live in this country now where the, you know, the districts are secure districts for the people who hold them. They, their fear politically is that they not be off to the edge of their, the, you know, the front edge of, of the extreme of their party for fear of being challenged inside the party. This, we're, we're at a situation where it's not, it wouldn't require a lot of tweaking to fix it, but the situation we're in is pretty dire in terms of looking for balance, isn't it? You're, you're right. And, and, and call me naive, but this only happens if the resistance, if you will, to this kind of overreach is bipartisan. And that's why I'm hoping that there are Democrats still in Washington, and certainly there are some Republicans, who will, who will in a bipartisan way, form a coalition to rein this stuff in. Now, I think we have to probably re, re, restructure the entire FBI at this point and just start all over again and build it from scratch. Should all there even be a, a national police department like that? I, you know, Todd, that's, that's, that's above my pay grade to say. I think we certainly need a federal bureau of investigation in some form, no question about it. But we need to go back to the original mission, which has, you know, we've had mission creep over the years, and it goes back to Nixon, but it's, it's not only Nixon, it's since Nixon. And we need to decide as a society how much control over the people of this country do we want, and at what point is our freedom so irreparably harmed 
that we're not going to any longer be the freest and freest and greatest country in the history of the earth. And Exhibit A in the last 72 hours was the passage of that massive uh, increasing inflation bill, which is going to hire 85,000 new IRS agents because it's all connected, Todd. It's, it's connected in the sense that we're allowing government to grow by leaps and bounds. And when they do that, and when the IRS starts coming after uh, middle class and lower middle class and working class people in this country and trying to squeeze every last nickel out of them, because many of us won't have the ability to resist because we can't hire accountants and lawyers, and we'll just pay the ransom to get these IRS agents to go away. This is, think about that, 85,000 new IRS agents. So it's not just the Justice Department. It's the whole federal government. It's the Department of Education and what they're doing to local parents and what they're doing to local elected representatives who are increasingly uh, having their ability to educate children limited by these faceless, useless bureaucrats in Washington. It's yeah, but every, everything you're, you're saying keeps... Department. Everything you're saying, Tom Scott, keeps screaming back to uh, constitutional values. Let's make the small federal government like we were supposed to have. Let's not have the Department of Education. There is no need for one on the federal level. Let's not have or, or just make a microscopic FBI. Let's get the federal government out of the business of being a big central government, because that's the antithesis of our system of government. You know, Todd, that's true. And, and the Republicans are almost certainly going to take back the House of Representatives this November. And remember, the House of Representatives controls uh, the purse strings. The House of Representatives, forget the Senate, forget the President. The House of Representatives has a, a huge uh, influence in, in the kind of spending that goes on in this country. And the Republicans need to stand up and, and, and get, out, get out the meat cleaver. And start and start slashing the federal government and defunding or at least eliminating some of the funding from a lot of these unconstitutional agencies and these agencies that are engaged in overreach. They have it in their power to do that. And if you want to get the basics cited about uh, 2024, then take a majority and actually do something with it after the November 2022 election. Just don't hold the coats of the Democrats. Take that power that the Constitution has given them, that the founders were wise enough to give them, and use that power and do something about the size and scope of federal government. It's going to be incremental, but they need to take some big steps immediately after getting sworn in in January of 2023. Well, it may be incremental to say we're not going to spend money that doesn't exist anymore, so let's stop passing pieces of legislation that spend hundreds of billions of dollars that we don't have. That isn't there. Let's stop doing that. That would be, be such a huge change in the way we do things. And let's freeze these budgets and let's get rid of some of the things that aren't needed and some of the departments that shouldn't exist. And let's cut back on their scope. I mean, all that would just be beautiful stuff. But we need to get some kind of consensus going here because everybody should be able to understand that being that digging holes of debt that go on forever is not good business for us right and empowering the federal government with our money whether it's funny money or real money coming out of the pockets of of, of american citizens empowering the federal government makes us less free so yes. so if, if i can sum it up and keep it simple allowing the federal government to grow makes we the people less 
free. And that is a fact. And that's, that's the fundamental difference between the two parties. We need to slow the growth of government and start turning that ship of state around and going in the other direction. And the Democrats, you know, with Bernie Sanders and that whole crowd, because he now, he now, you know, if, if you want to use a picture of the poster child of what the Democratic Party has become, it's Bernie Sanders because that's the direction they've decided to go in, that's what they're doing, and that's the difference between the two parties. But Republicans need to stand up and they need to fight on every parapet that's available to them in every corner of government. But I look at this this spending, like this new, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars legislation. The purpose of that is to put cash in the hands of Democrats to dole out to their voters. And that this is how politics is done now. This money will not accomplish anything. It will not give us anything. It will help secure Democrats in their electoral uh, concept by transferring wealth to special interests that support them. Isn't that what it's all about? And how do we break that pattern? How does a party win an election if it's not playing the same game? Well, what you're saying, Todd, is priority one for the left. Stay in power. How do you do that? You solidify your power by making your own reelection easier. So certainly uh, handing out money and bribing voters is very much a part of that. But it's also maintaining control of our society. That's where the 85,000 IRS agents come in. But also, almost as troubling, is all this green nonsense that was in that bill, which is going to further control business, small business, homeowners. Uh, good I mean, point. Before you know it, we're going to have environmental agents, you know, looking at our electric meters on our homes mm-hmm. and, and, and punishing us if, if we use what in their mind is too much electricity. This is the kind of control we see in that bill that just passed on. It, and it gets worse and worse and worse, and it all comes back to freedom. We work five and a half months a year to pay our taxes at all levels on average now in America, those of us who are working. And, and that affects our economic freedom and therefore our individual freedom. And it's getting worse by the day now on the state, federal, and local level, but particularly the federal level. Yes, and we keep going deeper into debt, which we can't do. I agree. Can't keep spending money that doesn't exist. Tom Scott, thank you, sir. Great to have you here. Anytime. All righty. Yeah, it's not a pretty picture where we're at as a country. And these are the issues that are tied up together. There's the deep state. The concept of the deep state, where does that come from? Well, it comes from the idea of these big federal agencies that are filled with lifers people who work full-time in perpetuity for the federal government or for the state government for that matter and they become more powerful than our elected voices which is the idea of creating those agencies it transfers the power over to a permanent class so that the people we elect don't have to make the decisions that they're supposed to be making. And thus we get separated from our government and the idea of us having a democratic government becomes farcical. It's not democratic. 
if the people we elect are only pretending to represent our interests because they've put structures in place that make it so they can't even change things. So when they want to change policing in the country, for example, they don't have the ability because there are special interest groups that control how policing operates, just like the education system in the country. This is where that rigged system language of Bernie Sanders holds so much resonance still and relevance to where we're at. So we have a lot more to talk about as we talk about in the days to come what's happening with the attack on Trump, the investigation of Trump. Federal agents going into the home of a former president of the United States. It's a pretty profound moment in terms of the implications for the future. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.